0: Good morning friends. It's the 3rd Sunday of ordinary t- uh, of Lent. Excuse me, the 3rd Sunday of Lent. A couple weeks ago I was at Deerbergs in the middle of the day. As I was walking into Deerbergs, there was a young mom walking out of Deerbergs. She was carrying a small child on her left arm and had several bags dangling from her left forearm with her right hand. She was holding the hand of a toddler who was carrying, uh, bag with a loaf of bread in it. And it looked like a comical scene to me. She was just trying to carry all of these things. And so as I approached her, I held out my cell phone to her and I said, excuse me, can you hold this for a moment? And, uh, she looked at me for a couple seconds like I was some kind of crazy creep, uh, but then she got my joke. you know, she couldn't possibly have carried one more thing. you know, she had two children, all these bags from Deerberg's. and here I was asking her to hold my cell phone. She couldn't possibly carry anything else. She was carrying all that she could manage and tolerate. The Stations of the Cross, the Via Crucis or the Via Dolorosa, a traditional and somewhat uniquely Catholic devotion, especially during the Lenten season, has its origin in the early church when pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem would stop at various points along the way to commemorate the life and then the suffering and death of Jesus. In the 13th century, it is recorded that St. Francis of Assisi started to jot down particular prayers or um, descriptions uh, of those stations. And people would pray those devotions at each station. The stations of the cross, as we have it in the modern era, uh, are the invention of St. Charles Borromeo, the 16th century bishop of Milan, who formalized the devotion and began to, again, ritualize it and inaugurate these Stations of the Cross, these icons as we have them in church. These Stations of the Cross, these 14 Stations of the Cross, some of them are small enough to fit inside of a shoebox, others like the ones that adorn the church at St. Francis Xavier on the campus of St. Louis University are huge. The ones here in our church are perfect for the size of our church, and they recount these moments in Jesus's passion, beginning with his arrest and phony trial and culminating with him being laid in the tomb. And yet this devotion not only commemorates those happenings in Jesus's passion, we not only become sort of passive participants in observing these events unfold, but we're also invited to become active participants. In other words, we see in Jesus's way of the cross, our own. All of us at one time in our life and for at least one day in our life, will undergo a passion a suffering, a way of the cross. Jesus makes this very clear that all of us have to take up a cross and follow him. And in this way, then the devotion becomes, again, not only a way to commemorate these events in Jesus's life, but also to acknowledge them in our own life and so grow in imitation of him as we undergo our passion our Via Crucis, our Villa Villa Via Dolorosa. The woman in our gospel passage has known her suffering. The woman in our gospel passage has been walking away of the cross for a long time. She has been married five times and the husband The man she is with now is not her husband. That sounds an awful like like the three falls that Jesus undergoes during his passion. This woman has fallen five times, not three. She has to go to the well in the middle of the day because she is embarrassed and humiliated, probably by the other women who have already gone to the well at the beginning of the day. She goes in the middle of the day. So as to avoid conversation with them, she is humiliated and embarrassed and lonely, much like Jesus must have felt when he was embarrassed and humiliated when he was hung upon the cross, utterly naked in front of all of those people, including his mother and cries out to God, why have you forsaken me? The Samaritan woman is walking her own way of the cross until today. Until today, when Jesus walks into her life and they have an encounter that is so compassionate, so full of love, that this woman is truly alive for the first time. And having drunk the water that Jesus gives her, she is fully alive, and there is only a future ahead of her. Symbolic of this, then, she leaves the water jar there at the well. That's the line that I want us all to remember this week. She leaves the water jar there, this water jar that is a symbol of her past And her sin and her shame and her regret, it's a sign of her suffering and passion and her loneliness. And she leaves it there because she no longer has to use it because she has encountered and received Jesus who is the living water into her life. She no longer needs to draw the dark, stagnant, gross water from this cistern. And so she leaves the jar there and she runs unencumbered back to the village to tell the others of the one who has told her everything that she has done and yet loves her in spite of that. This woman is able now to run into the future unencumbered, forgiven. She no longer has to carry that water jar. And so friends, here is our place for prayer this week. Our first place for prayer is a question. Are we ready for the crosses that come our way? As I said earlier, we will all of us, at least once and at least for one day, have to carry a cross and undergo our own way of the cross. All of us will suffer in some way. Are we ready? Are we strengthened and encouraged to walk the way of the cross that is essential to the human experience? Are we strong enough, courageous enough, hopeful enough to walk the way of the cross when it comes our way? In this way, we not only are passive observers of Jesus's passion, but again, are active participants in it. In his passion, we see our own and vice versa. Our second place for prayer today is a place of conversion. Friends, you can either carry a cross or you can carry sin. You can't carry both, because the weight of both will crush us with despair. This Lent, we are given an opportunity to leave our water jars in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. An opportunity like the sinful woman to leave our water jars after receiving forgiveness and healing From the divine physician. It is in the sacrament of reconciliation that we can confess our sins and leave our regret, leave our shame and guilt, leave our past, and run into the future unencumbered. To lay down our water jars then gives us the ability and the strength to carry the crosses that will inevitably come. But we can't carry both. Both are just too darn heavy. And so, friends, if it's been a year since your last confession, you are due. Come to this priest, go to another priest. Come to this parish, go to another parish. I don't care, just go. Go and confess your sins to the Lord Jesus and let him take that water jar from your shoulder. Lay down your regret, your shame, and your guilt. Lay down your sin. Amend to live a new life and run unencumbered into the future. We can't carry, we can't keep carrying. Our water jars. And after we've encountered the healing mercy of the Lord Jesus, we don't need to, for he will be welling up inside of us. And if he is there abiding in us, then we will have the strength we need to carry the crosses that come with life. We can't possibly carry both. They're just too darn heavy. We can't lay down our crosses, but we can lay down our sins. And we can run unencumbered into the arms of the healer.